Today's year begins on the second wide line of Daf Nun Dalet, if you like, 18 lines from the top. Before we begin the actual Gemara, we glance at the side, we have a topic heading, the Nosei, which reads, Almono Mikabeles Mizoinois Minichse Bailo, a widow receives her sustenance, her food support from her deceased husband's estate, as long as she withholds from remarriage, resists remarriage, out of a sense of honor to her deceased husband. So once that changes, so then we're suggesting that her Mizono's payments will stop. In other words, her ability to draw from the estate, if she is no longer concerning herself with her deceased husband's uh, memory, and, and, and then that is the motivation for her to remain a widow, then things change. Omar Rav Nachman, Omar Shmuel, we're reading in the Gemara, second wide line, if the widow was sought out by a, a, a new man, a second man to marry her, and she agrees to marrying him, we're not saying that he actually married her. He, he's seeking her out as a, uh, as a wife, and she agrees, yes, I agree to, uh, to marry you. Ain't law Mizonos, she no longer uh, draws Mizonos from her husband's estate. Rashi says, Vinispaiso, Sulo Karinon Be Megar Amuseh. She's no longer uh, dwelling in her widowhood. The Gemara infers from Shmuel, Ha Loi Nispaiso, Yesh law Mizonos, by the by the mere fact that she, we, we can, are we to infer that if she didn't agree to the remarriage, to agree to the to the second marriage, that means she will continue to get mizonos? Are you saying then that she will always get mizonos until the point that she agrees to marry a second man? Rashi elaborates that even if her non uh, remarriage isn't because of uh, of isn't because of of her not, not having yet agreed to marry someone else. Uh, let us say that a woman didn't remarry simply because the the right man hasn't come along. As long as her her uh, non remarriage is not a result simply out of honor to her father, her, her original husband's uh, memory. If, if, if that's not the reason, she doesn't get Mizonos. It has nothing to do with her having agreed. In other words, her lack of Mizonos isn't a fu- simply a function of her having to ag- agree to marry a second man. If we look together at Rashi, Let us continue now in the Gemara. 
Omar Rav Onon The following was explained to me by Shmuel. Shmuel, by the way, was the name we underlined two lines above. So here we're seeking a clarification in Shmuel's position. Omra, if she says, Machmas Ploini Bali, that I'm not remarrying because of my attachment, my dedication to the memory of my first husband, Yeshlo Mazonos. If that's her resistance, that's the reason, the basis of her resistance to remarriage, then she's entitled to Mazonos. Machmas Bene Odom Shena Mehugonimli, law, if she says, the reason I'm not remarrying because the right guy hasn't come along yet, Ain law mazonos. Then she doesn't receive mazonos anymore. She's basically saying that I want to remarry, just the right guy hasn't come along. So that her her uh, non remarriage is not a function of her husband's memory. Therefore, no mazonos. Omar of Chista Zinsa Ain law mazonos. Rav Chista tells us that if a widow uh, engaged in harlotry, uh, she doesn't get mezonos. Omar Rav Yosef, Kichlo Upirchaso, Ain Law Mezonos. If she started, if the widow started to apply cosmetics, Kichlo Upirchaso has to do with uh, different facial cosmetics and hairdos. This re- reveals to us that uh, her. Uh, widowhood right now is not, uh, her, her maintenance of her widowhood is not simply out of respect to her husband's uh, memory. If she's uh, adorning herself, it shows that she is basically trying to attract other men in marriage. So that she's, her, she's true she's a widow right now, but it's not a function of, of uh, her her uh, Honor to our deceased husband's memory. Man de Omar. We just had two opinions here, Rav Chisto and Rav Yosef. Uh, two uh, situations whereby uh, she wouldn't receive mezonos. Does what does each one say about the other one's situation? So Man de Omar Zinsa, if you hold that she doesn't get mezonos because she yielded to her, incl- her evil inclination and engaged in an act of harlotry. And that's enough reason for her to stop receiving mizonos. All the more so when she proactively does something that's not an act of uh, simple uh, yielding to a uh, to some type of um, immediate inclination. So that is all the more reason for her to stop receiving mizonos. However, Rav Yosef, who said that's reason for her not to receive any more mizonos, but if she uh, lost herself momentarily and engaged in an act of harlotry, she still does receive mizonos. My time, oh. Why is that? Answer, Yetzer Anasaw. She was overcome by her evil inclination. It's not a... It's not a true uh, life decision to get on with life uh, and, and forget her husband's memory. For less, however, the halacha does not follow that which we have heard till now. Rather, the halacha is based on Rav Yehuda's teaching in the name of Shmuel. A woman who approaches the court and says, this is, we're talking about a widow, approaches the court and says, I want my ksuba payment. 
At that point, no more mizonos. The Gemara asks, Velo, Vahatanya, uh, is, is that so? Have we not learned the following? There are several cases, they're numbered off here, one, two, and three. These are situations where she will not receive mizonos anymore. But a woman who simply desires receiving payment of her ksuba, we're going to infer she, she does get mizonos. So why would Rav Yudam say that by her mere desire for uh, ksuba collection, the ksuba is the basic, it's the, it's the money guarantee that a woman receives upon her marriage. In the event that she becomes a widow, she gets this, we'll say this block of money. Why would Ravuda say in the name of Shmuel that if she seeks that out, she loses her Mizonos uh, payments, her food payments, which is one of the Tanaik Suba, when only in the following cases does she really lose her Mizonos? So the Gemara asks, let's read it inside below, is that, is that so that she doesn't get Mizonos because of she's Tevask Subasa, but based in Vatanya, have we not learned Mohra Subasa, Umishkina Subasa? Ostok subasa apotiki liacher. Ain lo mizonos. You have three cases that are spelled out here. A woman who sold her ksuba, or she set up her ksuba as a mashkon, as a collateral for some loan that she took out. Or she made. Ostok subasa apotiki liacher. If there was a land that had been earmarked for her to collect from it her ksuba and and uh, she said regarding that piece of land she said uh, to a uh, creditor that was col- trying to collect the loan from her he said listen if i don't pay you cash then collect that piece of land which is earmarked for my ksuba ain't if uh, if she did any of these things so she loses her Mizonos collection rights. Hani in Avoltoivaslo. These things, which are tantamount to Ksuba collection. It's, it's uh, we can say in, in, a, in general terms, it's as if she collected her Ksuba. Once a woman collects her Ksuba, uh, albeit it's, she's collecting it and then paying off her debts with it, but once she collects it, that's it. Then, of course, there's no more Mizono's payment. But, uh, but just simply seeking out the receipt of the Ksuba, she indicates her desire to, to receive it in court. That is, is that reason for not to continue receiving Mizono's? So, reading the question again, we say, Hani, in these three points are reasons for her not to continue receiving Ksuba. Rashi calls it that's collection of the ksuba but tavia, but seeking payment of her ksuba that's not reason for her to lose mizonos the Gemara answers hani the three things that were enumerated whether it's within the context of the court or even outside the court she loses her mizonos Toivas, when it comes to the issue of her seeking payment of the ksuba, but based in in shaloba based in law, only if she seeks payment of the ksuba in the court, then she loses mizonos. But if it's outside the court, she indicates she's interested in receiving her ksuba payment, but not within the court context. Uh, that's not reason for her to stop 
receiving the mazonas. So we've made a distinction that in effect everything here is true that these will cause her to lose her mazonas payments. But in the case of Tevask Suba, that take, that is true only if her tevia, her her seeking payment, is only in court. Now, we have a little star, and this is just to help us remember what we saw in the Mishnah. Until what point does she receive Mazonos? So, in the Anshe Yushalayim and Goliel, they, they had in their Ksubas the following, Kol Yemei Megram By Anshe Yehuda, it was Ad Yitzu HaYorshim Litein Loch Ksuboseich. According to the uh, the Yerushalayim Goliol approach, as long as she maintains her widowhood, and according to the Anshiuda, the uh, it seems that the the uh, Yorshim, the heirs, are in the driver's seat until they decide to give her her ksuba. So we have two uh, disparate practices: that of the Yerushalayim Goliol people versus the Anshiuda. On the side of the Gemara, on the other side, on the margin, we have the Nosei, the topic heading. It's on the left-hand margin. Machlokes Rav Shmuel Ech Lifsoik. We'll see a, an Amoraic controversy between Rav and Shmuel, how to rule. Ka'anshe Yehuda, Oi Goliel, Benusuch HaKsuba. Rav is associated with the, uh, with, um, the community of Bovel, and they go along with the Anshe Yehuda approach. Which was until the Achiyutsu, until the Yorshim uh, decide to give her the Ksuba. And Shmuel, who represents the Nahardo town in uh, Bovel, in the Nahardo community, he goes along with the Anshe Goliel, which uh, leaves her, let's say, in the driver's seat as long as she maintains her widowhood. Now the Gemara, Itmar. Rav Omar Halocha Kanshe Yehuda, which was Achiyutsu a Yorshim. The Bovel community and all its Parvada surrounding areas followed Rav, which was Achiyutsu Hayorshim. Nahardo and all its surrounding communities, Nohug Kishmuel, which was Kol Yemei Megamulosech. Hahi Bas Mechuzah. Now Mechuzah is a place which is associated with the area surrounding Bovel. So there was a a, a, a woman from uh, Mechuzah, Dahavis Nesivel Nahardo. She was married to a Nahardoyan. Interesting to note is that the Bovel represented one approach, Atzitzu Yorshim, and Nahardo represented another approach of Kol Yemei Megagam Lusech. So you have a woman from one area married to a Nahardoyan. Also Lekamei. Rav Nachman. The uh, case came to Rav Nachman. Shoma Lekola, you heard the woman's voice. The Bas Mechuzahi. Apparently there's a difference in accent or some other um, audio means of identification. And he understood that she was from Mechuzah. Mechuzah is the, uh, surround, uh, from the area surrounding Bovel. Omar Lehu. So Rav Nachman said, the practice in, in Bovel and its surrounding areas is like that of Rav, which we saw was uh, she continues receiving Mizonas until the Yorshim decide uh, to pay her the Ksuba. 
Omru Lei, they told Rav Nachman, but she was married to a Nahardoyan. And the Nahardo practice was that she continues receiving Mizonos uh, as long as uh, she remains in her state of widowhood. Omar Luhu, Ihochis Rav Nachman said, if that's the case, Nahardo Bachob Haradon, Nahoke Shmuel. Nahardo and the surrounding areas follow Shmuel. And as we saw, Above, Shmuel ruled like the Anshigolia, which was Kol Yemei That's the standard by which we judge how long she receives the Mazonos. V'yad Hecho Geographically speaking, how far does Nahardo extend? We spoke about Nahardo and its surrounding communities. How, how do you identify whether a place is associated with that area? Ad Hecho Desagi covered the Nahardo. As far as this measure is used, the, the, the kav is a particular measure. Narda had a specific kind of measuring uh, size, a measuring vessel called the kava de Nardo. So any place that they use the, the Nahardoyan kav as their measuring unit, that is called Nahardo. Before we go on, we have a no say topic heading. Machloik Rav Shmuel im Shomin. When an almona comes to receive her ksuba payment, do we calculate uh, toward that sum? If we take your basic uh, uh, ksuba for a woman who married as a virgin, it's 200 zuz. In calculating the amount she is to receive, do we calculate the value of the clothing upon her that she's wearing this is a machlokis rav and shmuel. The Gemara. Itmar, almona, when we pay her the ksuba, rav, omar, shomin, mashel, we uh, assess that which she, she is wearing as being part of the payment. Ushmuel, omar, ein, shomin, mashel, we do not assess that which she is wearing. Omar, rav, bar abo, the chilufa belokit, and the opposite is the case with a locket. A locket is a worker, and let's, if we take a look at Rashi, toward the lower part of the narrow lines, belocket, Sochir is a worker, Shegor, Bevez Balabayas, that lives in the house of the owner, the Lokach, Lo Balabayas, Begodim, and this worker received clothing that the owner purchased for him, Keshi Menu, when the worker departs, Shom, Osan begotten bischaro l'shmuel. According to Shmuel, those clothing will be subjected to an assessment as part of his, let's say, parting wages or severance pay. Varav Omar ein shomer. They don't figure into the money owed to this departing worker. So according to Shmuel, who said by the almona, uh, we don't evaluate, assess what she's wearing. The opposite is the case with the worker. So according to Shmuel, the clothing will be assessed. And the clothing that he's wearing that he received from the owner. And as far as Rav is concerned, who said by the almona, we do evaluate that which she is wearing. In the case of the worker, we do not evaluate. That is Rav Chiyobar Oven's approach. We continue with a second approach in the Gemara. Bez, Rav, Kahana, Masni, the chain belokit. Whatever was said regarding the almona, Rav said shomin. We uh, we do assess its figures as part of the payment. So too, Rav's opinion will be by the worker. 
And Shmuel who said by the Almona Ein Shaman, he'll say the same thing by the worker. Umonachbo Rav Simona. And there's a in order to remember this, where a simon is a memory device. Yasma the Armalta Sholach Upok. The Yasma literally is an orphan, but it's a reference to the worker. It's a, like a man and a woman, the worker and the almona. Armalta is the, the worker. Shlach is a strip them of their clothing, so to speak, upok, and then they go out. Now, what does that mean, we strip them of their clothing? It means that the, that the clothing are, uh, are assessed. They're, they're part of the uh, evaluation. Omar Rav Nachman, Afalgav, Disnan, Bimasnisin, Kavosi, Dishmuel. Even though there is a Mishnah source that appears like Shmuel, that the clothing are hers. Meaning, the, there, there's something that are her personal, uh, viewed as her personal items, and, and therefore. Um, they're not part of a, an evaluation that we make toward the money she is, she uh, is owed. So even though there's a Mishnah that indicates the clothing are hers, will follow Rav, who said that it's viewed as the the husbands or the the mans, and that she's simply wearing them as I said as a right that she has to wear them. But when it comes to evaluating. Uh, money that the man owes, it's, con- it's considered part of his uh, payment to her. It's considered his possession. So what's the Mishnah that Rav Nachman was referring to? Disnan, we have a Tanaic source from a very uh, let's say distant area. This has to do with people that make dedications to the Beis HaMikdash. Different types of, of dedications people make. One of them is called Erechin. Erechin is a is a Torah value that it's is assigned to people based on age and gender. Nothing to do with a person's market value, but rather it's a fixed value called Erechin. And if, uh, let's read the source now. Echod hamaktish nechosav echod hamaraches atzmo. Whether you have someone that Let's say he, he, he dedicates he, he dedicates his property. It's Maktish Nechosov. Or, Marachis Atzmo, that's a, a person who dedicates his Torah value. And uh, the uh, Beis HaMikdash has its uh, financial emissaries, the treasurers that come to people who make dedications and uh, expect uh, payment. Uh, at times, at times, uh, people don't have the cash, so the gizbar, the treasurer, might come and and take something as collateral. So, when he comes to collect, Rashi talks about the gizbar comes lemashkino to take uh, a collateral for his erech cash, the Torah cash uh, cash amount that a person owes. So the 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 source says ain lo the the gizbar who comes to collect from the person who made the Erech dedication, Ein Lo, the Gizbar has no right, Lo Bixus Ishto, now this we dashed on, because this is what's important for us, he doesn't have any right to seize upon her clothing, 
nor his children's clothing, nor clothing even if they didn't actually wear them yet, but he dyed them for the sake of his wife or his children, nor does the Gizra have a right to seize upon uh, shoes that he new shoes that he bought for them, that the uh, father or husband bought for them. What do we see from here? We see a Tanaic source which indicates that the uh, the wife's clothing are hers. The husband may have made a dedication, but that doesn't give... That's He's him, and she is she. And the Gizbar doesn't have any right to touch her clothing. Omar lay Rav Rav Nachman. Now, Rav asks Rav Nachman the obvious question. Once we have a Tanaic source that backs up Shmuel's opinion that a woman's clothing are already hers from the outset, meaning that when a, an Amona comes to collect her ksuba, we don't take the value of her clothing that she's wearing into consideration as, as part of the, the debt, uh, as part of the payment of the husband to her. Those are hers already. So we have a, this Tanaic source would indicate that her clothing are hers already. Then why would you paskin, why would you rule like Rav? Omar lay, so Rav Nachman answers, L'cha'ira k'shmuel rohita, ki ma'aynis ba hilchasa kavasei darav. L'cha'ira means, at first glance, that when you look at something, let's say, superficially, just rushing through it, so you look at this source, yeah, it says uh, the Gizbar doesn't have any right to take the man who made the dedication, the man's wife's clothing. So it sounds like the clothing belonged already to the woman. However, when you look into it, you'll find out that the halacha is like Rav. My time, so what's the reason? Answer. Ki akni law adaita lamekem kameh. When a person um, buys clothing for his wife, he buys it with the intent that she is remaining with him. So the, the wife wears the clothing that her, that her husband purchased for her, because she's going to be continuing with him. With the intent that she's going to take the clothing and then walk out, uh, he never intended that for her. So that, the uh, to put matters so simple, uh, uh, simply, we could look at Rashi together. Uh, uh, on the Rashi, we'll look at three lines from the bottom in the middle of the line. There's a squiggle line, Avol. When you look into this matter, Lo it doesn't support Shmuel. In the, the source that you thought might have supported Shmuel, was talking about a woman that was married to a man and that was staying married to him. She's not leaving his house in that Tanaic source. It's with that in mind that the husband provided her with the clothing. It should be hers as long as she is under him, that she is with him. But if you have a situation where the, the woman is not with him anymore, it could be either he uh, divorced her or he, uh, he died leaving her in Almona. So you're no longer dealing with a, a woman who is with her husband. Hence the clothing uh, are, are figured as part of the husband's estate or a figure as part of something that the husband can use to 
pay off his debt to the wife, the ksuba debt. Now as we go on in the Gemara, we see a new geometric form, a volcano shape. Uh, we call this under, uh, under the Mivneh, the Mivneh heading on the left-hand side of the Gemara, you see uh, the, in the margin, that is, Sidro shel maisim shameshutuf lehem revach v'chisachoin avur hayasam. A series of incidents common to them has to do with, uh, with profit or uh, savings on behalf of the orphans or the heirs. Kalsa Debei Bar El Yoshiv, a uh, daughter-in-law from the El Yoshiv family, She was seeking the Ksuba from the Yisomim. Uh, she brought them to court. Amri. Zila Lon Milsa de Tezel Hachi. They said that uh, she looked disheveled, and it's it's uh, not uh, in, it's not honorable to us that she should go this way. So the the this uh, this woman this uh, Almona uh, who hears that uh, that she uh, doesn't look she doesn't appear uh, honorable. So Oslo Lavishtinu Vachsitinu Lukule Mona. She went home to her wardrobe and covered herself with all of her clothing. Now she's all uh, all dressed up. Uh and also uh, Lukame de Ravina, the uh, the case comes to Ravina, Omar Luhu, Hilchusa Kavose de Rav. Well, the Halacha follows Rav, the Omar Almona, Shomin Mashaleha. The almona, in, before she receives the ksuba payment, we evaluate as, as part of the ksuba payment that the value of that which she's wearing. So in this case, she's probably going to get, if she has an expensive wardrobe, she's going to probably get very little additional cash uh, toward her ksuba. After all, <coughs> we figure as uh, toward that payment the value of that which she is wearing. Hahu di Omar Lahu. There was a man who was deathly ill, called this a Tzavoas Shrivmeira, who announced Nedunyo Lebras. <coughs> Rashi says, Nedunyo Lebras, Ksuvim Rashi at the bottom line, Ksuvim Hoyu Tachshite Abonus Kach Vekach Levushim. There was a, an established fixed uh, amount or, or a fixed quantity of of Tachshitim, uh, Tachshim, or jewelry that girls who would get married would wear, would receive toward their marriage. Fixed number of, of tachshitim. There is a additional information on this, similar but additional, on Omid Bey's. If you look in the Toysvis Reed commentary, we're looking, uh, let's look at it together, the lower part of the narrow lines on the You'll see on the right-hand side of the page, in the smaller print, we have it marked off. There was a man deathly ill. I'm reading from the Toysus Rid on Nundalanomid Beis. There was a Shchivmeira Hoyav. He instructed that from his estate, uh, there should be given Nedunya Lebito, dowry for his daughter, Vahyak Suvimlem, Big Day Hanedunya, Kama Malbushim Kama Kishri Harosh, 
how many different types of clothing, how many different uh, hair appurtenances. Now, the Gemara goes on, and the Gemara says, Zol Nedunya, that by the time payment came, payment may, means the the uh, the purchase of those clothing and and uh, different uh, cosmetic appurtenances, the the market value went down. In other words, if they were worth a hundred dollars at the time that the father had spoken, and it was now worth fifty dollars at the time that the uh, girl is uh, it, that it was purchased for the girl. Omar bar oven purna liasmi. The the savings, if you will, the profit, that extra, that fifty dollars, is theirs. So that even though the father said, get you know get the uh, the, the 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 various clothing and jewelry that was the the quantity of whom was known and its and its value at that time was a hundred dollars, we don't say that there is a hundred dollars earmarked for the girl and come what may she will get the hundred dollars, but rather she gets those items now for better or for worse. Which means that in this particular case, because the, their their price went down, so the Yisoyimim benefit by the savings. However, if the price had gone up, they would have to see. They'd have to pay for that. They'd have to take from their estate and pay that increased amount. Because what the girl is entitled to is that is the objective clothing and jewelry that was customarily given to a girl in marriage, not the market. Value. Continuing in the Gemara, Ahu Diomar Lahu, we continue at the top of the Nun Dalit Amid Base. Arba Meo Zuzi Min Hamro Lebras. Similar situation, a person is dedicating uh, dedicating value to his uh, daughter. And he says, 400 Zuz, that's an amount of money. Uh, from my wine, I'm dedicating to my daughter. Aikur Hamra, the value of wine went up. Alma Rav Yosef, Revocha Liasmi, the prophet is that of the assignment. Let's do, in order to appreciate this, let us take a look at first the Rashi at the top, Arba Meazuzi Min Hamra. Mashma The mashmos. The implication here is, is that this man had a wine cellar, and the mashmos. The implication here is that he is setting up his wine cellar, his barrels of wine, as a we'll say a guarantee for the four hundred zuz. This uh, father is not saying, give her the. The actual wine itself, um, as its value is at the day he's making his his will. In other words, if we if just imagine, just to keep things very simple, he has one barrel of wine that, when he is speaking, is worth four hundred zuz, and the father says, "Arba meazuzi min So, at the day that he makes that that he makes the command that he issues his will that one barrel is worth 400 zuz she would get the barrel not, we're saying now not it's not exactly like that 
He's not saying I'm giving her the barrel of wine. He's saying I'm giving her the value of the barrel of wine. And therefore, if that barrel of wine, when time comes to to uh, pay the girl, let's say a few months later, that barrel is now worth 800 zuz. All they'll do is they'll sell the barrel of wine and give her 400 zuz and profit the other 400 zuz. That's what Rav Yosef uh, indicated. The Gemara continues. We have a Misa. It's a long marking. On the side of the Gemara, we have a no say topic heading. Atzas Rav Yochanan Likrovov. Rav Yochanan will be giving a piece of advice to his relatives. Eich Lishmoel Nechsei Mitnei Almona Shoyse Marbelecho. We have a situation of an almona that had a, we'll say, a ravenous appetite. And she was uh, drawing, she's a widow, drawing from their estate that they inherited from their father, i.e. her husband. And uh, they were watching the value dwindle because of her uh, excessive consumption of food. Rabbi Yochanan provides... Uh, advice how to deal with that and uh, you'll see that Reish Lokish disagrees the Gemara Krave de Rabbi Yochanan Avelahu Itas Abba the Krave the relatives of Rabbi Yochanan had uh, Itas Abba a, uh, uh, Itas is a wife of their father so you have a whoever what, what level of re- relationship is not important here but all we can say is that these were was a family related to Rabbi Yochanan, and they and the uh, they came with this complaint about their their father's wife, uh, their father's wife, i.e., widow, David Komafsidomazoni. She was eating a lot, and as a result uh, of her eating a lot, so their uh, estate value was dwindling. Also, came to Rabbi Yochanan. They came to Rabbi Yochanan with their problem, Omar Lahu, so he says to them, Izilu vi Omru lei la'avuchon. I have to uh, make a correction, though. When this story took place, the father was still alive, but, they, but he, was, uh, he was deathly ill. He tells the children, Go tell your father, Izilu vi Omru lei la'avuchon, Dinyached lo aro lemezona. Rashi says, on the... Third line from the top, through a will issued by a, an individual deathly ill, will be Adim with witnesses, that a parcel of land should be earmarked. That's Niached is to isolate or earmark a piece of land. Ulai, Rashi goes on, Ulai Tikabil Leo, she might accept this arrangement. Even regarding the, not just the Mizonas, which is a Tanaik Suba, but the basic Suba as well, we are taught as follows, that one who assigns all of his property to his sons, and he writes, he assigns to his wife a, 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 even a small piece of land that she receives, she's to receive that as part of his uh, estate uh, distribution, of dog subasa, she loses any further suba claims. Let's now turn back to the Gemara. So you can see that Rabbi Yochan is trying to help out these uh, relatives of his 
that uh, that that anticipate very little being left of the of whatever they'll inherit because of their of their father's uh, wife's uh, appetite. So Rabbi Yochanan says, tell your father that he should earmark a particular piece of land as um, from which she will receive her mizonos. And if she agrees, so then there you go. There you go. You've saved yourselves any continued heartache. Also, the Kame de Reish Lokish. The uh, case came to Reish Lokish. Omar Lohu. Reish Lokish says, if if the, the if their father ends up doing this, he hasn't made matters better for the for the children. He's made matters worse. Kol Shikane Shariba Law Mizonos. All the more so, he has increased her Mizonos collection possibilities. Rashi says across from here, If he says, this land is for your Mizonos, It's basically saying to her, that if the if my uh, if the uh, orphans if the heirs give you mizonos but in very res- in, in in very restrictive quantities, then then behold this land is there for any extras that you like. If you were to think that the land will be the source, the sole source of her mizonos collection. You are making a mistake. All of the estate is bound toward her mizonos. So now we continue in the Gemara. Just after hearing Reish Lokish's, uh, we'll say, rejection of Rabbi Yochanan's solution, Amru Lei, these uh, Rabbi Yochanan relatives told Reish Lokish, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan didn't say that. Omar Lahu, Sir Rabyokhlokish says to them, Zilu Havu Law, you better go and give her the Mizonos that she desires, the Elo, and if you don't provide her with the Mizonos she desires, Mafikna Luhu Rabyokhanaichu. I will censure you. The literal translation is I will take Rabyokhanan out of your ears. Some sounds like some kind of magic trick, but it, it's an expression that you find um, in numerous places. It it's essentially means if you don't listen to me, I will put you in Khairim. Also to Rabyokhanan. Well they went back to Rabyokhanan with uh, this story about Reish Lokish and Omar Lahu, Rabyokhanan said to them, Maya said, What can I do for you? What can I do? Shekinegdi Choluk Alai. Uh, my my equal, in other words, Rabbi Yochanan recognizes Reish Lokish as his equal, someone that is that is uh, is has the authority to to argue with me. So you have now someone that's arguing with me. I can't I can't overrule him. Omar Rabbi Avo, It was explained to me by Rabbi Yochanan. Let's say a further clarification of this matter. Omar Limizonos, if the uh, the, the the husband slash father would say to his uh, to his wife who had this ravenous appetite. He said if he would say to her that this piece of land is yours, limazonos, reba lamazonos. The lamid would indicate that it's simply an addition to 
whatever Mizono she would be coming to collect, she could collect also from that land. Omar Bimazonos, notice the base is emphasized. If he would say that this land is is for you, Bimazonos, Kitsate's law, Mazonos, then he is uh, limiting the land as her Mazonos collection source. As you can see, that's the conclusion of the fourth parak of Ksubas, and now we begin the Siata Dishmaya. The fifth parak of Suba's parak Afalpi. The topic heading we have on the side, No Seklali Toisefes Ksuba. We'll be discussing in, in the general topic at hand is has to do with that which is called the Toisefes, the addition, additional value that's dedicated, that's written into a woman's Ksuba. The basic value is 200 for a Basula marriage and 100 for an Almona uh, getting remarried, and beyond that, we call that Tosephus, additional. The Mishnah, even though we know those are the rates of the basic Suba, if the husband should want to add even 100 Mona, um, Mona is 100 Zeus. So you have a hundred times a hundred zuz. If my arithmetic is correct, it would be ten thousand zuz. We know that the basic suba is two hundred zuz. If he wants to add all that, he can do so. It's an expression. It doesn't mean we're not dealing with literally that amount or up to that amount. He can add more too. This arm alone is garshaw. Beimin or irisin beimin and asuin. If she becomes a widow or is divorced whether from the Erison stage and certainly from the Nisuan stage, the Erison being the, even if she becomes an Almona or, or is divorced from the, from the first stage of marriage where she hasn't even consummated her marriage yet with him, with the marriage canopy, Goiva es hakul. the Tanakama says she's entitled to everything, including the Toisefes Ksuba. Rebeloza ben Azari Omer, he makes a distinction. If she becomes an almona or is divorced from after having consummated her marriage, then she collects everything. If, however, the, she uh, becomes an almona or a grushoff at the erison uh, stage, then all she is entitled to is the basic suba amount. Uh, a, a man doesn't write over a Tosefes uh, other than with the anticipation of his her- of his kunsa, of taking her in, of, of 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 consummating the marriage and having intimacy with her, and therefore, if if that if that stage is never reached, she's not entitled to the Tosefes. Rabbi Omer im rotsa kaisev lubesula shtasha masayim. If he wants, meaning if there's an agreement between this uh, this husband and wife, that he'll write toward her a star, a document uh, indicating two hundred zuz. Vikaseves is kabati mimcha mona. She uh, writes or she indicates uh, 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 with the language of a receipt that I received from you already one hundred. Or similarly, Almona Mona, he writes over to her the basic one hundred. I've received from you 
50. This was half payment already. So as far as Rabbi Huda is concerned, that is acceptable behavior. Rabbi Meir, Omer kol apochis lebesula mi mosayim, lamono mi mono. Rabbi Meir appears to be much more restrictive and that anyone who reduces the besula from 200 and the amona from 100, harezu bilazlus, that's considered a, an act of intimacy of a harlotrous nature. The Gemara opens up with a one-word question. Pshita, it's obvious if a man wants to add to the Ksuba, he should be able to do so. The Gemara says, it's not so obvious. It's true that he's allowed to do that, but I need to be taught that. I might have thought that with regard to marriages, Kitsusa means a fixed amount was established by the Rabbonon. When they spoke about the 100 for the Amonor and the 200 for the Basula, that's a fixed amount without any increase option. So as not to embarrass someone that doesn't have the means. It's a, it could very well be a very embarrassing situation that one, that the, the, Mr. A is dedic- dedicating a vast amount toward his wife, and uh, Mr. B, man of no means, has, uh, has, has, doesn't have the means to do that, so he'll feel embarrassed. Komash Molon, we said that, well, in, in all due respect to people's feelings, nevertheless, a, we do allow this option of a, of a man adding to the basic Ksuba amount. The language of the Mishnah is It doesn't say What does this We'll say Nuance This language difference What nuance is communicated In this, in this difference of language So When you say You're basically Saying that the Toisephus, the addition, is viewed as an extension of the basic ksuba. So whatever laws apply to the basic ksuba will apply to the Toisephus as well. Had it said lichtov, it would sound as if there is a basic ksuba, and then there's a separate type payment called Toisephus. And he writes, it's like writing a new, a separate new clause. But not so. Rotzelahosef means that the Tosefis is not a brand new clause, but simply it's an extension of the basic Ksuba. Now, this point is Messiah the Rabbi Ivoi Omer Yanai. This supports Rabbi Ivo's teaching. The Omer Rabbi Ivoi Omer Yanai, Tanai Ksuba Kiksuba Domi. The Ksuba clauses and conditions are like the basic Ksuba. Nafkamina, the practical application of this is far-reaching. And if we, as you, if you scan ahead in the Gemara, you'll notice there are numbers that reach 14 in, in total. That means there are 14 points of law that are affected by classifying, by describing the Precepts as being a an extension of the basic suba, uh, not a separate pledge toward his wife. What uh, in order to appreciate this Gemara, 
since we're learning Ksubis, this is the topic. If we would encounter this in another Masichta, I would very likely say, here's the list and uh, the details are, are in, in Masichta's Ksubis. But here, and I wouldn't uh, spend time uh, elaborating on each one. But here we're learning the topic of Ksubis, therefore we have to uh, explain each one. This is the, if, if not now, when. So, let's go through the list. We say that the Tanai Ksuba Ksuba Dami Nafkamina lemoicheres, ulemoicheles, lemoiredes, lefogemes, and the list will go on. Let's take them one by one. In the meantime, mocheres. We take a look at the Rashi. Uh, you'll find Rashi a number of lines up from here. Lemoicheres or mocheles, uh, one who uh, a woman who sells or a woman who foregoes. Mocheres ksubasa or mocheles ksubasa, when a woman sells her ksuba or foregoes her ksuba, mochlo umochro es ha The triangle that you see in the Rashi is an attempt to highlight the, in this case you have the word hakol, later on you'll see the word toisephes, it means the whole thing. And this marking scheme in the Rashi, we're going to continue down uh, the, the Rashi on nun hei omet aleph as well. So it's to indicate that everything is included. When a woman either sells or foregoes her ksuba, she is doing so with regard to the entire ksuba. The fisha kol kori ksuba. The whole thing is called ksuba. Rashi says, "Velo amrinon," and we don't say "lo mikri ksuba lamona masayim." That only the the basic one hundred or two hundred zuz is called the ksuba. Not so. The third example was moiredes. We go to Rashi. The moiredes is tamibukin. It's taught. Later on, a woman who literally means rebels against her husband. There's a process whereby uh, every, uh, let's say every week she she continues in this rebellious type behavior. We reduce her ksuba. How much do we continue reducing until we, we insist on the couple getting divorced? Until it says, Ad keneged ksubasa. That's the expression. Lo temo keneged monomasayim lechudayu, elo af hatoisefes pochasin vahochen. We don't say that we, we reduce. There's a, uh, a fixed rate of reduction that's spelled out there in the Gemara later on. Uh, we don't say that we reduce only till the till we finish 200 zuz, but we continue the reduction uh, starting from the entire amount. The entire amount is subject to this process of reduction concerning the rebellious wife. The fourth uh, case, le poigemes. What is pogemes? So Rashi explains in the Perak Hakoisev later in the Masechta, in the Perak called Hakoisev Tanana Pogemes Ksubasa Lotifra Lebishvua, a woman who is Pogemes or Ksuba. In order for her to collect the balance, she would have to swear in Pogma Toisefes Nami. This halach of Pogemes, which we didn't explain yet, but it affects the Toisefes as well. Sheomra. She let us say she said Lishain Piron Hatoisfois his kabalti dinar. A woman had a, a ksuba of many thousands of dinar of value. Dinar is a type of coin, a very large ksuba. And she said she announced to us that I received 
one dinar of the of the extra amount, the amount above the basic two hundred zuz. I received a dinar payment already. So and, and she wants the rest of her ksuba. Af zu in a case like that where she claims she received partial payment, even if that partial payment didn't uh, didn't touch upon the basic suba, it's only a partial payment coming off the top. If the husband says to her, you know, uh, you received all of your suba, in order for her to have a chance of getting what she anticipates getting, the fact that she said, I already received part pay, partial payment, even if that partial payment was from the Toysefis amount of the Ksuba, she still cannot collect the balance unless she swears. And uh, the issue of, uh, the idea of swearing is something that we look at uh, with uh, uh, very uh, heavily in, in, the, in, in, in general, say, court procedure. People are not quick to taking Shavuos. So, it's a, a weighty matter. We continue in the in the Gemara of number five, number six, Uleveras Aldas. What are these things? Rashi says, Letoivas, Shamru Chachom Matoivas, Ksubasu Bebezin, Eilom Mazonos. We saw this in our Shir earlier today that a woman who places a claim in to receive her Ksuba payment, that signifies the end of her receiving of Mizonos. Tovas Tosefis Nami Ainla Mizonos. If she comes in uh, desiring the Tosefis part of her Ksuba payment, that also signifies the end of her receiving of Mizonos. Oiveras Aldas, Rashi says, Berkamadir, later in the Mesifta, Shomro Alea, Teitse Shalobik Suba, a woman who leads a lifestyle which uh, is characterized by violation of halacha, that's called Overis Aldas, she violates halacha. Uh, there is quite a bit of detail to what is included in Overis Aldas, but if she is like that, we say she leaves the marriage, she's divorced without receiving ksuba. She loses her ksuba rights. Don't think that when we say she loses her ksuba rights, she loses only the basic ksuba. But the tosevis is a gift, and she shouldn't lose that. Not so. In other words, don't say that. But rather, she loses everything, including the tosevis. Just like she loses the basic ksuba, she loses the tosevis as well. We continue at the top of the Nunhe Omen Aleph. Number seven, top line, first word, Leshevach. Eight, Leshvua. Nine, Leshvius. Let's take a look at Rashi on some of these things. Leshevach, Shamu Bevachoros. Ein Habachor Noto Pishnai, Beshevach, Sheshibhu, Sheshofhu, and Chosim Lachar Mises Aviem. Vloisha Bixubasa. The Halacha says that though a Bechor, a firstborn, he receives twice as much as any one other brother in the inheritance of the estate, the Bechor does not get any, uh, any extra, any, uh, any amount above and beyond uh, his other brothers with regard to any increase in value of uh, increase, uh, increase or any from profits experienced after the death of their father. 
So that if you have, let us say, uh, fields that continued producing produce after the death of their father, from when that is distributed, the Bukhar gets from that extra stuff that grew after their father's uh, death or any, let's say, market increase in value, he gets an equal amount. And along with that, we're taught, Lo Isha B'Ksubasa, we know that a man's property is ultimately the source of collection of the woman's ksuba. But uh, she's entitled to collect her ksuba and the tosefis only from properties, from the, let's say, property values that existed. Uh, at the point that her husband died. But any increase that took place after that, she has no right to collect from that. Lishviyas, uh, actually Lishvua, what does that mean? So Rashi says, All matters that will generate an oath concerning Ksuba collection, Kagon, a woman who wants to collect her ksuba, uh, and her husband is not present. I would obviously be in a case of a, of a divorce, uh, where her husband is not present, and she wants her ksuba paid. She'd have to swear to get, uh, to swear that she didn't receive any payment. Or one witness challenges a woman and says, you, your ksuba, you received payment already. And she, in order to collect payment, she have to swear, because uh, that's the halacha that the, the Torah uh, that one witness is not sufficient for actual transfer of of uh, money of possessions, but the fact that one witness is testifying and you counter him, you in order to uh, get your way, you'd have to swear against that which the single witness is testifying. A woman who is collecting from purchase properties or from the uh, properties held by the orphans uh, in all of these cases she has to swear regarding the additional amount she'll have to swear in order to collect that now we continue in the list in the Gemara number 10 levonov what does that involve? So, oh, actually, we uh, we skipped number nine. We said Ulishvius. We read that in the Gemara, but Rashi explains Ulishvius Shein Shvius Mishametes Ksbo Kishar Shtoros Elim Kain Pogma Vizokva Kinamrina Masachas Gitten Vetesefes Nami Lo Mishamet. As many of you probably know, with the passage of a sabbatical year of a Shemitah year, according to Torah law. Uh, loans need not be paid back. In other words, debts, loan debts are cancelled by the passage of a Shemitah year. Let us say uh, a man had uh, died and a woman was waiting to collect her ksuba and in the meantime a Shemitah year went by. Does that mean she can no longer collect her ksuba? Not so. She can still collect her ksuba. Not only the basic ksuba but the teisephes as well. The n- number 10, so, L'Kaysev Kol Nechosev Levonov, Rashi, let's look at Rashi. L'Kaysev Nechosev Levonov, V'Kosev Lishtokarka Koldu, we made reference to this in our shir today, earlier. A man uh, signed his property 
to his children and assigned a parcel of land, even a, even if it be a small parcel of land. Kakakoshim is very small, probably on a market basis worth less than her ksuba. But she and but she received from the husband this kakakoshu of the ksubasa. With her receipt of that land, she loses her ksuba rights. She loses the Tosefis as well. And as we saw before in Rashi, not to view the Tosefis as some type of independent gift from him to her, but rather it's an extension of the Ksuba itself. The Ksuba meaning the basic uh, monomosayim that we've referred to. Continuing in the Gemara, number 11, second line from the top, Ligvois min hakarka, 12, umin haziburis. What, is, what does this mean for us? So Rashi says, Ein ksuba nigves, akarka. When we speak about a woman coming to collect her ksuba, she collects it from land. When she collects from the estate, she doesn't collect from portables that the children inherited, but from land. And what quality land? Minaziburis means from, if there's several grades of land quality, from the Ziburis, the poorest quality of land. And that applies not only to the basic monomasai, but to the Tosefes as well. Continuing in the Gemara, list uh, the number 13, three lines from the top, the Cholzman Shi Bevesovia. And 14, Uluksubas Bonin Dikrin. We look at Rashi, Kozman Shibesovia, Tanan Banoisei, in Perikanoisei, quite a, in the, toward the end of the Masichta, Kozman Shibes Baila, the Meshech Amanusa, Gavik Ksubosa Lioilom. As long as she remains in her deceased husband's house as a widow, she. Can she at, at any given point in time? It could it could be very be a long time. Many many years can go by. She the her ksuba collection rights uh, continue as long as she stays in the husband's house. Her rights to ksuba collection are open open ended. The uh, if this uh, almona uh, is goes back to her father's house, and the uh, the orphans were not uh, serving her, they weren't supporting her. Then the halacha says she collects the ksuba, but up till twenty five years. There's an end time, uh, a limit uh, beyond which she can no longer collect the ksuba. If she remains quite even one day beyond that 25-year mark, she, she basically forfeits her ksuba. And the main point in this discussion is to show how the same applies to the tosefes. And finally, Rashi continues, The Bonendikrin scenario which we uh, won't dwell on now, we've discussed it so extensively in our recent shurim, but when we say that her uh, children, her male children are entitled to collect their mother's ksuba uh, and not share it with the with children from another one, another set of children from their father's other wives, 
the rights they have to their mother's ksuba is not just the basic ksuba, but to everything that had been written in, that she brought into the marriage, and that their father had dedicated toward their mother's marriage. They collect, in other words, the rules of of Bon and Dikran apply not only to the basic suba, but to the Tesefis as well. Uh, as you can see, we've just completed the list of 14 items where we say that the Tesefis is treated the same way we treat the basic suba. And all of this was uh, derived from the fact that the Mishnah used the language in Ratzel and didn't say in Ratzel Lichtoif.